0: It had to be now. Oi, Jack whispered to the convict standing next to him. Stokes. The thick-jawed man flicked his gaze toward Jack, then straight ahead. Shut it, idiot. The punishment for talking could be the lash, or if the governor was feeling particularly brutal, time in the dark cell, deprived of light and all human interaction, sometimes for weeks men went mad in the dark cell god knows jack almost did he didn't fear punishment now the only thing that scared him was not making his escape in time you hear mullins is getting out next week so what i ain't getting out for eight months jack's sentence had been much longer thanks to the manipulation of the justice system if he didn't try this breakout he would be stuck in Dunmore for thirty-seven more years, making him seventy-three years old by the time he tottered out the front gate, if he survived that long. He would likely die today. So long as he took care of his business beforehand, he didn't much care about dying afterward. It wasn't as though his life merited clinging to... I heard. Jack glanced quickly at Mullins who stood in the row in front of them, and then at Lynch, moving closer. When he gets out, he's going straight to your molisher. (laughs) Stokes frowned at the mention of his woman. Lizzie? But he ain't even met her. Jack shrugged. Maybe he heard you talking about her so nice, he had to see for himself. Said he'd give it to her right good, and she'd want it, too, not having a man around all this time. He clapped his mouth shut as Lynch approached. The warder glowered at Jack. Better not be talking D-3-7. The governor got a new flogging pillory, and he's keen to try it. Lynch's eyes gleamed with eagerness. No, sir. Was that? Lynch leaned closer. "'Sounded like talking!' Jack shook his head, hating the bastard. Some of the warders were decent enough, just trying to do a job for rubbish pay. But other screws, like Lynch, enjoyed their power and spent their time thinking up new ways to bully and harass the prisoners. Lynch particularly liked making up perceived infractions. With a smirk, Lynch bent down and secured the shackle around Jack's ankle. Damn it. He'd been hoping to goad Stokes enough before the shackle was clapped on, but Lynch had put an end to that plan. It took everything Jack had not to smash his sledgehammer down onto Lynch's head, knocking off the warder's blue shako hat and spilling his brains all over the rock-breaking yard. Stay fixed on your gold, Dalton. Killing Lynch might be satisfying, but it also meant he'd be taken down by the other warders, locked in the dark cell for months, and then dragged out, only to be hanged. So he let Lynch finish fastening the shackle and move on, keeping the bastard warders' brains inside his skull. ''Next week,'' Jack hissed at Stokes, "Mullins goes for Lizzie.'' Stokes wasn't known for having a long fuse. "'He exploded like a burning arsenal at the smallest hint of provocation. "'I'll beat your damn face in!' Stokes snarled. "'The convict broke rank, lunging for Mullins. "'Everyone in the row stumbled forward, pulled by the connecting chain. "'Startled, Mullins barely had time to turn around before Stokes tackled him. "'Convicts fell, shouting out in anger and confusion.' Others cheered Stokes on as he rained punches down on Mullins. More yelling filled the yard as warders came running. Chaos filled the enclosure. A blur of the dark blue warders' uniforms and the pale coarse uniforms of the convicts. Fists were thrown. Some of the warders had clubs, beating down the prisoners whether they fought or no. Jack grunted when he caught the back of a club across his shoulder, but he didn't fall. Bedlam everywhere. Now. Hefting his hammer, Jack brought it down hard onto the chain, binding him to the other convict.